The 10-Minute Writers' Workshop is supported by Heinemann, a provider of resources written by real teachers for real classrooms. Heinemann values teachers as decision-makers and students as curious learners. Discover the path to lifelong professional learning at Heinemann.com. Heinemann, dedicated to teachers. Hello, executive producer Maureen McMurray. Hello, host Virginia Prescott. So what fun literary food facts do you have for us today? I have something about the diet of poet Walt Whitman. Oh, wow. In his biography of Walt Whitman, Justin Kaplan said he described Walt Whitman as being 200 pounds, about six feet tall. He had big hands and feet and the wild talk look foreigners associated with Americans. He liked to eat buckwheat cakes, beefsteak, oysters, and drink strong coffee. Really, I sort of guessed the seashells for some reason. I imagine him gathering cockle shells in Long Island or something. I guess he was going to the meatpacking district for his beefsteak. <laughs> I guess so. He contained multitudes, old Walt Whitman. Well, Walt had to go to the meatpacking district, but you can just stay at home and satisfy your Walt Whitman-level appetite courtesy of Blue Apron. For less than $10 per person, Per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash 10 minute. You love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash 10 minute. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hi, it's Otessa Moshfeg, and this is the 10-Minute Writer's Workshop. Otessa Moshfeg says she writes to explore why people do weird things. The daughter of a Croatian mother and an Iranian father, she was a serious piano student who knew she didn't want to be a pianist when she felt the call to write. And not just write, but be bold and be published. She didn't want to wait 30 years to be discovered. So she bought a copy of Alan Watts' book, The 90-Day Novel, which led her to publish Eileen, a novel of genre fiction that was hailed as noir and ended up shortlisted for the Man Booker Prize. It was a big F-off to the industry. I was pretty hostile, she told The Guardian on the day the nomination was announced. I thought, fine, I'll play this game, and I still feel like I'm playing it. That was in 2015. Otessa Moshfeg is now out with a collection of stories called Homesick for Another World and seems to be enjoying the game, if that's what it still is. We spoke to her before her reading at the Harvard Bookstore in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and asked, which is harder for her when writing, starting or finishing? The middle is the hardest. I usually get to the middle of a nervous breakdown think I have gone the wrong direction and sometimes do go in the wrong direction um, and then at some point I, I know what the ending is and then it's a process of figuring out how to get from the middle to the end and that's always the hardest part. How do you know when you're done? How do you know that ending? People have been asking me that so much. How do you know when something is done? Um, it's just a psychic vision, vibration. I know how I started. This is where I want to leave the reader. Sometimes it can be really impractical. Like, how am I going to get from here to there? But I'll just, I'll know that's where I need to leave it. And then it's kind of a puzzle you need to put together in some ways. How much plotting or planning do you do before you write? And, and how much does that veer off? So for the collection um, of short stories that just came out, I plotted almost none of them. They're, they start with a voice. The voice tells me where it wants to go, tells me what the story is, 
what the character needs or wants or fears or is running away from. And at a certain point, the story just starts to write itself. It's very rare that uh, the plot of a story will come to me full form before I've sat down to write it. Although that does happen, it's, and it's usually when I've stolen stories from people. <laughs> what do you mean, stolen stories? Oh, like stories that somebody's told me. And usually, you asked about veering off. Usually, I end up, end up veering off. I'm like, oh, no, I think I can make this more interesting than what really happened or what that person told me what really happened. So there's a lot of fictionalizing, even in true telling. So do you write on a schedule? Do you think I have to get up at this time and I write until that time? Does that work for you or how do you um, do it? I tend to wake up early and work and generate the most work, like maybe like before lunch. And I think partly it's because I'm still kind of in the dream world. There isn't a lot of me interrupting myself or it's like I can sort of just keep writing. Um, and then in the afternoon, it's much more fits and starts and getting up and going to do the dishes and going out and coming back and looking at it and walking away. But I also like think a lot of work happens when I'm not looking at the work. I do a lot of Googling while I'm writing, but research, what does that flower actually look like? Is that indigenous to this part of the world that I'm writing in? And then I'll just get on some kind of crazy train and usually it's helpful because it will be a path to something that I could have never thought of before will remind me of something that the, I wanted the character to say or do. And so, What do you think is the biggest mistake or way that a new writer gets off track? Hmm. Well, I think people can get off track very early on by caring too much what other people are writing. And I would say if I was going to give any advice to anybody who wanted to be a writer... I would say get off social media instantly and stop asking your friends for validation. Don't read what you don't like and don't write when you're bored. Is that advice that you took when you were starting out? No, I think it's just what's worked for me. And, and every time that I've gotten distracted or sidetracked or depressed about being a writer, it's because I've forgotten why I'm writing. It has nothing to do with what's popular or who's going to like me. You have to protect it even though it sounds insane. You know, like I, I must be writing these sentences today. Like, no, I can't go out with you. No, I, you know, I, I cannot, you know, like your post. I have something really important to do and it is like to figure out how I'm going to get from A to B in this story that I'll probably, you know, delete half of the next day. And so, like, what kind of insane person would dedicate their life to doing something like that? Well, you really need to be insane and dedicated. But I think privacy and, um, like, self-protection from the, the garbage all around us is really important to a writer, especially starting out, when you don't have those natural filters. You need thick armor. What's the best advice that you ever got about being a writer? I think one thing that really changed the way that I looked at my writing was when somebody that I liked told me that clarity was important. I mean, this sounds so trivial, but I had never actually thought about it before. I mean, I was probably 19 when I heard this, this concept of writing clearly. And I think up until then, I had really seen writing as an aesthetic art form 
I hadn't even thought about narrative. It was I was more of a prose poet, and I felt like writing was a rebellion from having to say something. I don't know if that makes any sense, but um, I didn't want to be in conversation with anything. So I was writing against meaning, and, and the experience of reading my work, I hoped, was just to like challenge the imagination. And when this idea of clarity came in, I was like, oh, what if, that, what if I took that on as a responsibility? Suddenly my work really changed. I started looking at my sentences differently. And um, a writer named Gary Lutz, who was really influential when I was like a late teen, and I think is just one of the weirdest people and writers, totally fascinating. His work and the precision of his grammar, again, this sounds so trivial, but it, like he is so masterful. He understands the English language on such a level, and people misuse our language so much, um, and writing can feel really sloppy a lot of the time. So taking a really taking like a magnifying glass to my sentences and really looking at them close up for clarity was really helpful. How about the worst advice? The worst advice was probably to write what I know. That's just stupid. Do you have a desert island book? Mm, probably be a blank book, blank notebook. <laughs> Do you have a fantasy job other than writer? If I could do anything, I'd be a singer. I just wasn't born to be a singer. I think that must just be the most incredible feeling, uh, like to sing gospel or something like that. Um, but if I was gonna be brainy, I'd really love to study birds and flowers and insects and the natural world. Thank you so much for speaking with us. Oh, it was a pleasure, thank you. Otessa Moshveg's new short story collection is called Homesick for Another World. The 10-Minute Writers' Workshop is a production of NHPR, produced by Sarah Plord with help from Maureen McMurray. You can find us on Facebook. We're also at 10-Minute Writers on Twitter. And we're looking for more reviews on iTunes, which will help other people find us. So maybe you can get your writing muscles going and drop one on us. Thanks so much for listening. 